Our scripture this morning is from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 37. Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as you spoke from the cross, you didn't speak many words, but every word had deep meaning. So it is with these words this morning, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Help us, Lord, in these few moments to hear those words resonate within our hearts and minds as we contemplate their meaning for us today. So speak to us, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. In 1992, uh, the picture that won the Oscar for Best picture was Unforgiven. Uh, It was directed by Clint Eastwood, and he, in fact, was a star in, in uh, in that movie. Now, the movie um, is about a a gunslinger, a former gunslinger who is trying to trying to make it as a farmer. He's given up his uh, murderous gun-slinging days, and, um, and he's, he's trying to just make it. He's got a couple of daughters, and times are getting tough for him, and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to make it. And at the same time, in, in, a, in, a, in another town, a gang of ruffians, um, they disfigure a prostitute. And the local sheriff and the uh, law enforcers did very little. Um, And so the prostitutes' uh, friends, other prostitutes, kind of put their money together. And they come up with a $1,000 reward for anyone who would kill these guys who, who did what they did to their friend. And so... The Clint Eastwood character, uh, who is that uh, former gunslinger, uh, is recruited to go and exact revenge on on these these ruffians. So, so you understand, it wasn't just out of an altruistic heart that led him to avenge their fate, but it was because he needed the money and he wanted to 
provide for his daughters. And so that's why he sort of reluctantly goes back to his gunslinging days. Now, the movie is full of a lot of killing. So um, if if you decide you want to, you know, get a DVD and watch it or something, just be aware, a lot of killing. Now, the movie suggests that the guys who did the dirty deed with the prostitute, they... um, their characters are just not worthy of, of forgiveness. But you also find that the, the main character isn't very worthy of forgiveness either. And even though the Eastwood character survives to the end, the others are all killed. It seems like most of the people in the movie are killed before the end of the movie. But, but he survives. But you get the feeling at the end of the movie that he thinks he's every bit as guilty as the people he killed. And he never really comes to terms with his own forgiveness. Thus, the title of the movie, Unforgiven. Now, some people feel they are unforgiven because they don't think they've done anything wrong. I don't need to be forgiven. So, I don't, you know, I don't need to ask for it. I'm unforgiven because I don't need it. And then some people don't think they're worthy of forgiveness. And so they see themselves as unforgiven because of their own guilt, because of their, their actions, their lives. But the truth is we're all guilty and we all need forgiveness. Now, when Jesus was nailed on the cross... Uh, the scriptures uh, reveal to us that he spoke seven times. He had seven uh, words, we call it, the seven last words from the cross. And over the course of Lent this year, we're going we're gonna to look at each of those seven, seven words. The first word that he spoke is what we're looking at today, which is found in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, the question is, who's he talking about? Who, who is he forgiving? There are, there are a lot of folks there around that cross and leading up to the cross that probably need forgiveness. So who is he talking to? Who needs the forgiveness that he's offering? Maybe the most obvious would be the people who actually nailed him to the cross. That's the Roman soldiers. They stripped him. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him. They nailed him to the cross, and and then they thrust a sword in his side as as he hung there, and and then they gambled at the foot of the cross for his clothes. They were guilty of treating another human being worse than they would even treat an animal. And they were guilty of following orders that they probably knew were wrong. This was an innocent man. They probably heard all of what was said by Pilate. But yet, they were obeying the law. They were obeying their orders. Well, you and I are just as guilty as these soldiers every time we do the same thing, when we inflict cruelty on another person. And that doesn't have to be in the form of a sword or a, or, you know, a crown of thorns. It can be with our words. It can be how we treat other people, sometimes just turning our backs on them. 
every time we follow the dictates of somebody else blindly without really thinking about what is being asked of us, whenever we do that because we're afraid of how they might react if we don't do what they tell us to do, then we're just as guilty as the Roman soldiers. Maybe we're the ones who Jesus was talking about, the ones who need forgiveness. Now, he could have been talking about Pontius Pilate himself. Pilate condemned an innocent man to placate an angry crowd. He even says the man was innocent. He, he knew what he was doing was wrong. But he ordered his ex- execution, and he tried to wash away his guilt, washing his hands. But there was no amount of water that was going to wash away his guilt. Pilate was guilty of thinking he was innocent. And he was guilty of placing the blame on other people. In much the same way, he he was acting as Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, acted when Saul held the cloaks of those who stoned Stephen to death. Why did they stone him to death? Because he happened to be a follower of Jesus. And Saul... He didn't throw the stone, but he held the cloaks of those who did. Well, in the same way, Pilate was participating in the execution of an innocent man, even though he washed his his hands in the water. And we're guilty, too, when we do the same thing, when we go along with the crowd, either in our silence or in our anonymous postings on the Internet. We're guilty when we look the other way, when, when other people are cruel, when other people speak hatred and bigotry, when they belittle other people, when, when we pass on those emails that we receive as if we have no part in the guilt. But the truth is we are guilty, as guilty as Pilate. Well, Jesus may have been talking about the crowd because, remember, it was the crowd that kind of forced the hand of Pilate. They were the ones who shouted, crucify him, crucify him. They were guilty of encouraging violence and hate. And the Internet is full of encouragement, full of people spewing out Venom and hatred. And, and if you hold them to it, they'll say, well, I, you know, I'm just expressing myself. I, I, you know, I'm not the one who pulls the trigger or who, who burns the, the flame. I'm just one sharing my opinion. Every time you forward that email that, that, fla- that fans the flame, then you are guilty of what the crowd was guilty of that day. Who needs forgiveness? Maybe we do. Then again, Jesus may have been talking about the Sanhedrin because really it was the Sanhedrin that kind of, uh, you know, sent him on to Pilate and and allowed the crowd to kind of have their way. The Sanhedrin, the, the highest judicial body in the Jewish faith at that time. They broke their own laws and and they met secretly at night to condemn Jesus. They accused him of blasphemy without giving him a chance to defend himself or call witnesses. They were going against the very law they were trying to uphold. 
They were guilty of hiding their deeds in the cloak of darkness, protecting their own power at all costs. And we're guilty when we hide our deeds of of unkindness and self-centeredness. When we hold on to reputations at church or at the office or in school that make us seem so good, loving husbands or wives, good fathers or mothers only to go home behind closed doors and act out a different kind of life. Whenever we do that, we are hiding our sin in the darkness of our lives. We're no better than the Sanhedrin. We share the guilt of this body of do-gooders. What about the Pharisees? The Pharisees are the ones who really kind of, you know, sent Jesus to the Sanhedrin. They were the religious leaders who turned Jesus in. They lied about his actions And they were blind to the truth that he spoke about God's kingdom. They were willfully blind to what Jesus was trying to say to them about what the kingdom was like and what God was calling them to be and do. They were guilty of selectively promoting the law, only promoting that part of the law that they agreed to. Having a blind eye to all the other parts of the law that they were breaking. We are guilty when we share their blindness and their hypocrisy, condemning others only of the laws that we prefer. Well, there's a lot of guilt to be shared, is there not? Even the disciples were guilty. Even the disciples needed forgiveness. They couldn't even stay awake when Jesus needed them the most in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was agonizing over his coming fate. And when he was finally taken, they they all ran and hid behind locked doors. Only John was there at the foot of the cross after his crucifixion. And then when the women came and told them that he had risen from the, from the dead as he had promised that he would, they, they refused to believe them. They were guilty of having eyes and ears closed to the profound needs of their friend and master. They were guilty of running away when love got tough, when, when following Jesus got hard. They were guilty of running away and and then not having the faith to believe the women. Well, you and I share their guilt every time we ignore the needs of people in need. Every time we quit caring when it gets hard. When we have to love somebody that we don't like. When we have to, when we have to sit in the same room and listen to words we don't want to hear. When we have to interact with people that are different from us. Every time we, we shun that and go run from it then we are as guilty as the disciples who ran from Jesus. We share their guilt when we don't believe God will help us do the right thing, when our faith is lacking. Then there was Peter, of course. He's famous for saying he never knew Jesus. We also remember how in the garden he picked up the sword and thought that he could usher in the kingdom by protecting Jesus with the sword, cutting the ear off of the the slave that had come with the soldiers. 
Peter was guilty of dishonesty, of not telling the truth about who he followed. He was also guilty of thinking that violence would protect God's intentions, that he could protect God with a sword. We do the same thing. Out of a sense of self-preservation, we tell untruths, and we unwillingly support violence by not condemning those who resort to it, even when they resort to it in the name of God when they think they're fighting for God's cause. We're no better than Peter in our silence. We're guilty and in need of forgiveness. And then finally, of course, there are the two thieves on either side of Jesus who were crucified as well. Who were they? Were they terrorists or were they just common thieves? Some say one was a zealot. You know, one who was willing to kill in the name of God, who was killing off the Roman soldiers to bring about freedom for the Jewish nation. Were they guilty of not knowing how foolish they were? Not knowing what they were doing? As Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Maybe Jesus was speaking of them. One had come to terms with his guilt. In verse 41, he says, We indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. He knew of his guilt. The other simply wanted God to, to fix things for them. In verse 39, he says, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He just simply wanted off the cross. He wasn't even thinking about his guilt. Both are guilty of their deeds, and both are struggling to know what it means to be saved. We share their guilt, and we share their lack of understanding. We do not know what we're doing. We go through life, and we hurt others, and we don't, we're not even aware of it half the time. Everyone, you see, is guilty, but we're not unforgiven. Like those before us, we have followed the crowd and knowingly or not, we have hurt other people. We have tried to wash our hands of guilt by justifying our actions. We have encouraged others to be unkind, sometimes unmercifully, by our silence. We have hidden our faults and pretended to be what we are not. We have cherry-picked God's law and we have condemned others only by the laws we have chosen to obey. We have slept at times when God has needed us to be most awake. And we have denied God by acting anonymously with our words and deeds of unkindness. If others only knew we were followers of the God of love, would we say and do the things we do anonymously? Like the two thieves on either side of Jesus, we deserve to be punished because we are guilty. Our salvation is that God forgives us. So here's my suggestion. Let's, let's live our lives in a way that's worthy of that grace. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for thinking either that we have nothing to feel guilty about 
or for thinking that we are unworthy of your forgiveness. Help us, Lord, to realize we are not unforgiven, but you have forgiven us so that we might live our lives differently. Help us, Lord, to follow in your footsteps. Amen.